garlic bread. That's our opening right there. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slave. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slave. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes. Let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name's Mike Royer. And this week, Wonder Woman and Aquaman are making a splash from DC, Mike. Oh, making a splash. I'm sure that you're the only one using that headline this week, Chris. I, I hope so. I haven't seen anywhere else. Comcast is making that bid for Fox, Mike. Uh-oh. Boo. Boo. We take a guess at the Avengers 4 title, Mike's mm. Prediction Corner, yet again, and more. Cool. No, it's going to be your Prediction Corner for the Avengers 4 title, because I want to make sure I can poke you with a fork if you get it wrong this time. <laughs> well, I, I'm, not, I'm, not as, uh, I'm not as proud of my predictions as you, as you are, Mike. You're... You're very, very loud and proud about the ones. <laughs> we uh, gotta be. It makes the it makes the it makes the show more interesting. So when we get to that segment, you better you better predict hard and fast, man. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go hard and quick. So, um, yeah, uh, here we are, Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, belated to anyone who's out there listening today. I know we have some dads listening to the show. So, uh, thank you guys for for listening to us, and ha- hope you had a happy Father's Day. Hope your kids did something nice for you. You know? I hope you didn't just get a tie in golf balls because if you're listening to this show, you probably want like uh, Black Panther on Blu-ray instead, which yeah. is a good gift. <laughs> or, or some Superhero Slate merch, which we have over yeah. at the store. Just, just give that link to your family. Like, just order me any of these. They're perfectly fine. <laughs> um, I, I've, got, I've got a little bit of a sunburn today, so I'm kind of... You know, wishing I had one of those tank. I mean, a super slight tank tops. What I need. Um, I thought you were about to jump into like the weirdest Father's Day uh, uh, pun ever, where you said you had a sunburn, so you feel like you can relate with the fathers out there. Oh no, no, no! I'm not even going <laughs> to pretend to do that. I actually, I take it back. I did grill out yesterday. I was the grill oh. master, so um, I it's just like you're practicing. I just, yeah, I took the hot dogs, I picked them up, and I put them right back down. The yeah. Nice job. Yeah, very much so. All I've got is cats, Mike. They, they're they assholes to me, and they didn't get me anything. But as long as they don't throw up or make any messes, I'm fine with that. So. <laughs> man, I went into this episode wanting garlic bread. Now I want a hot dog. I don't know what to think, man. What if you put a garlic <sighs> bread bun? I already, know where you're, I already know where you're going with this. That sounds great. Man, cool. a garlic dog. What, would you, like, what sauce would you put on a garlic dog? Not man, ketchup. Um... Oh god, no! You couldn't do ketchup. Um, oh man, that's a. I never, even, Chris. I'm not cheese. even ready for this type. I'm not ready for this type of innovation. Oh, it's cheese. It's, it's got to yeah, be yeah. cheese because you, you can dip your breadsticks in cheese. You can dip your hot dogs in cheese. Ooh, marinara, maybe. Uh, I don't know if I like marinara with my hot dogs. <laughs> I don't know about this. All right, we're hungry, as you can tell. It's probably lunchtime for us, or at oh, least yeah. you. Um, but I gotta give a shout out to uh, YouTube user Leo. You are Leo, or I don't. I don't know how to say this. YouTube names don't make any sense, but uh, thank you for uh, watching our um, Pacific Rim review and noticing that we our artwork moves because we we put a little little effort into the shows we do, so it's not the same picture. But um, he pointed that out, and thank you for watching that and, and yeah, commenting. Props, high five, slap. Yeah. There yeah, you go. That's right. Um, and also asking for a recommend, recommendation on you went to the 40x at the Chinese theater, Mike. Is that where you went to see? Uh, I went. Uh, I went 40x in uh, downtown Los Angeles. Okay. Um, it's definitely way too late to find a Pacific Rim in that style, but um, but, I, but probably but the, the 40x experience. Would you say 
you you do it again, or you said just one time it's, was fine. It's worth a try for sure. I, I I don't think you could turn your nose up at it without ever trying it. So give it a shot. I feel like the next big movie that might be fun with that is probably the next Jurassic World movie because big, mm-hmm. loud, probably lots of chase scenes, um, a lot of growling dinosaurs. So I'm sure your chair will be vibrating. <laughs> probably quite a don't lot. have to watch it too hard. Uh, Ooh, all the plot I'm getting points. Ex- getting excited though. That movie's next week. That's like my Fast and Furious. Oh. So I'm looking forward to it. Man, I am not like I don't know if we're even gonna see it. So well, you can just watch Luke Cage then instead. Yeah, uh, we will. Yeah, well, we're gonna talk about that. I think. I think is it in here? No, we're gonna add that in here, Mike. That's next week. Oh my gosh, some notes. We're adding live notes to the show right now, Mike. Can you believe <laughs> it? Is this a first for us? I don't. Uh, know. I don't know, man, but. That's coming up, so we're we're gonna close out June strong, and then July will roll around, and we'll be talking about Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, but for now, let's actually start with our news because we just saw The Incredibles two this week. Yeah, and, that's and right. We just did a review episode, which if you're subscribed to it, you'll see it in the feed. Uh, it's got spoilers uh, a couple minutes in, so don't you know if you haven't seen it, probably don't listen to it. But our spoiler free thoughts and review right now, Mike. Um, mine is, I think if you like the first one, you will like this one. It is a good movie. It's not the best Pixar movie in the world. I don't think anyone will say Incredibles 2 is your favorite Pixar movie, but it is a good movie overall. And, um, I like the superheroes. I like the characters. The voice acting's on par. And, um, yeah, I love the powers. Just to throw it out there. Mike, what are you telling people? Should they see it? Should they not see it? Yeah, this uh, this movie is easy to recommend. It's almost always easy to recommend any Pixar movie just because um, everything from the design, composition, staging, voice acting is is always great. You, usually it comes down to the story, uh, so it's an easy recommend. Uh, I think it falls a little short when it comes to the villain, so I would say I like the first one better. But yeah, yeah I think it, this is an easy one to recommend. Go see it. I, I'm curious to see what people think because I've heard people saying this is much better than the first one. So I think the the court of public opinion out there is, uh, is uh, on a spectrum. So if you're digging this movie more, more than I am a uh, good job I, I I applaud you and you probably had a really great time so go check out Incredibles 2 and there's an awesome scene where a raccoon gets beat up so that was really fun yeah, yeah the <laughs> raccoon scene I think we agree is our favorite but also because I don't tell you in the movie um a there's no in credit scene so don't stay uh, with mm-hmm. your kids they're gonna get annoyed with you uh b uh there's some epileptic probably causing scenes so if you're oh, prone to not that. even not even probably i like that like half the movie is like flashing whenever the villain's on screen so yeah watch out for that watch out for that and uh if you don't like the words hell or damn they're in there and you're probably not listening <laughs> to the show because we, we I, use this quite a bit i i don't think that keeps anybody from the movie i mean i saw like eight-year-olds in deadpool 2 a couple oh, weeks ago i mean i get it I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> they're both audiences but simply because my wife is a teacher and is more sensitive to that like i i hear it more in my house that we would never i don't think i'd ever tell my kid what they could or couldn't watch because i don't think i ever had that but uh, <laughs> i i just I, I she told me and she's like we can't i cannot take this movie to school when i get it and i'm like well that's that's a fair like listen money listen honey our kid has to watch silence of the lambs because if he doesn't i'm just a big hypocrite <laughs> so, yeah we're, we're putting we're putting pulp fiction age four right out the gate they got to make their own decisions so yeah there you go start them off on tarantino that's right so that's a good superhero movie let's talk about some middling superhero movie news um the dceu the extended universe whatever you want to call it, expanding universe the movies um, apparently with the new Walter Hamada taking on, he has gotten rid of the writer's room concept, which I applaud 
wholeheartedly. Um, Marvel had a writer approval room, and that gave us Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World. <laughs> I know Mike loves those movies, so I, I, sometimes it works. Wink, wink. I'm just kidding, Mike. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Transformers tried to do that before they. Um, yeah, they just I was gonna say that's the- Michael Bay was like, "No, I'm taking over." <laughs> yeah, that was the last time we heard about it. Um, yeah, I, I feel like in some specific instances this could work for a film, but writers' rooms are just so much more applicable to uh, television because you you need a core group of people to tackle a long story that could span anywhere from what 8 to 24 episodes mm-hmm. but with the with a movie you're talking like a singular story project like one core thread that you follow through and it's almost better with different writers taking different passes that usually seems to turn out good stuff so yeah get the whole get the writers room out of there they really just need they need someone feige-esque at dceu they just need somebody with a singular creative vision but very broad that knows how to paint the big stroke of the dceu and then the people underneath them think then craft the nice uh gritty awesome movies you well, know? but i think that's also feige's only job is to make sure each movie works as its own and then also adheres to that big paintbrush as well mm-hmm. i think uh, dc they did have jeff johns i love jeff johns but he um was i think also running the comic side and the movie side and you can't do both like you, oh, no you're way. gonna you're gonna play favorites to one or the other or something's gonna make you forget one thing and then it's, it's out of control but dc is now taking a director's have their vision and approach to the films which i think you know um patty jenkins did wonder woman one and i think i've never heard a bad thing come out of wonder woman so um, we've got some more news on it later. And then I think James Wan is doing Aquaman, and we've got some images on that later, which looks to be way different than any other DC movie we've tackled so far. So um. It's just it's kind of funny because uh, Warner Brothers took this big risk at the very beginning of their universe where they were like, Marvel's got a big jump on us. we got to do our best to catch up as fast as possible if we want to compete. And obviously we all know how big of a a stumble that was and how it didn't work out for them. And then now look what's happening. They're coming back around to the singular movies slowly building up and it seems to be working. So it's just like it's such a shame like, oh, if you just would have started out this way because it seems like they have no plans to abandon uh, what has been made. They're just going to keep pressing on. And, of course, as they go for, far, for, forward, they can just, you know, kind of ignore the stuff in the past, make it less important, but it's still technically attached. You know, when they sell uh, box sets and bundles in the future, Batman vs. Superman and Justice League will be in that box set. So it's it's kind of a shame that you kind of have that little bit of a stain on your movie legacy reboot. But, you know, I guess well, there's nothing they can do about it now. Again, like we said, there are people who hate the Hulk, Thor, the Dark World, Iron Man 3, and, and Marvel. So it, it there are stains to be had. And um, I guess rather than rebooting itself entirely, I mean, it just... Not looking backwards is a great approach, and and letting the directors have their own vision, I think, is is a good. So, uh, we're we're looking. I think we we are cautiously optimistic about DC going forward, Mike, and and we'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, maybe I'm the only one thinking that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Batman v Superman, though, we will look to the past real quick. Uh, Zack Snyder has said that the real um, Doomsday is still out there um, because the one that we got in the movie was the General Zod version. So. When they first created the Doomsday Virus, that real one could still be out there. I don't think we'll ever see him. They've already done <laughs> Death of Superman. Uh, they, put, they put that into the ground. And I don't think Snyder has any more say in the movies. But 
uh, I think that's just kind of interesting to know that you know that's still that just, going on. That just that just makes me angry because it's just like Snyder, if you were believing that this was not the real Doomsday, why'd you even put him in your movie? Like, don't go half in with Doomsday. Either do the real Doomsday or just do a different villain. So, yeah, I'm not happy about that. But we all know how I feel about Batman versus Superman. So enough we don't to, have enough to, to buy it twice, right? <laughs> we don't. Ha- we don't have to dwell on. I'm still trying to make up on that twenty dollars in my life. <laughs> you'll, you'll never get it or the time. <laughs> um, Wonder Woman 1984 appears to be the official title of the new movie, and I think we kind of talked about that a little bit last week. But everywhere. Everywhere and everything now has Wonder Woman 1984 on it. And we got our first image of Gal Gadot back in the Wonder Woman outfit. Looks very bright. Looks colorful. I love the color on this suit, Mike. Um, yeah. And the whatever the background is. It just looks yeah. fantastic. I was trying to do kind of like a close inspection of the details, and it seems to be the exact same suit. Maybe, maybe just with a new layer of polish or maybe just different color correction on the camera lens. But... Um, I wonder if we'll kind of see the suit tweaked um, as we go along because we, you know, we're kind of used to that happening in our movies. Like even though Captain America has kind of always had the same suit, it always changes in variations between movies. So I wonder if maybe uh, we'll see this um, get upgraded or tweaked a little bit um, in 84. Yeah, I agree. Um, but other than that, I mean, she looks she's back in action. She looks the part. Um Excited to kind of revisit her, I guess, um, as we will in 84. But the most surprising uh, image is the next one here. Um, Chris Pine returning as Steve Trevor in the most 1980s mall I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Yeah, this was a weird image reveal for me because when I saw it, we talked about it on the show before, like, oh, this could just be a descendant of Steve Trevor, you know. It could be the family line. You know, grandchildren often look a lot like their grandparents uh, after they grow up. Uh, but then I kept seeing people saying, even Patty Jenkins saying, this is Steve Trevor. So there's some sort of magical fuckery going on here, Chris. I don't yeah. know what it is. So there are predictions all over the place on how he's back. Um, the biggest thing is um, Wonder Woman, the Amazonians, they come from a you know Greek mythology, a, a place of magic and, and resurrection and stuff like that. So he could be... Uh, brought back to life that way. I don't know if they will. This could be. I mean, this is forty years after World War Two, or no, it was World War One, right? The first one. Uh-huh. Um, he could be the son of the son of Steve Trevor, maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, well, an yeah, illegitimate it, it, son somewhere. It definitely can't just be an organic. Yeah. Uh, Steve oh, he Trevor. survived the plane blowing up in the first one. Obviously, no. Yeah, yeah, like he can't like because he would just be old as balls, you know. Um, so yeah. yeah, there's something going on here. But this is Wonder Woman. There is like a magic afoot. So it, as long as it's explained well, I think it's okay. But how long can they keep Steve Trevor going on for? That's kind of what I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. You know, because if he's coming back for the second movie, are they going to kill him again? And then we're, it's going to be definitive. Is she going to have to deal with his death again? Is he just going to carry on to the next movie? Are we going to see him in like uh, the, 90, the 90s version of Wonder Woman? Yeah, 35 so, years later, he's back again. It um, would be kind of cool if this was a really uh, clever way to back into like Vandal Savage. Like obviously Vandal Savage has his origins in DC comic books of being the character Vandal Savage. But what if they just kind of took a creative approach to that character and turned Steve Trevor into the bad guy? Like maybe the magic that brought him back 
keeps him alive forever. And then he has this twisted view on the world now that he lived into the 80s and maybe there's still crazy stuff going on and maybe he kind of takes on the mantle of, of Vandal. That I would, would be – that would be interesting. I would like to see that more in the third movie than this one. Um, but, we, I mean, we're in we're – we're in an era of where DC's exploring some some decade we've not seen before, mentioned before in the in their universe. So I'm, I'm interested to see how this works and why is he wearing a fanny pack on the second <laughs> photo here? Um, I think I think the thing to point out is if he's wearing all this attire, it's definitely not a flashback or hallucination in her mind either. Yeah, um, so. and that's that's kind of bullshit too. I hate it when they do. I, it's, I don't hate the the storytelling of a flashback, but I hate it when they use that for marketing. Like, oh, look, they're actually in this movie. And it's like, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah. No, they're definitely not. But at the last thing here we get to see, uh, this was actually the first image I saw for this movie, was Gal Gadot in front of, uh, looks like, uh, several TVs showing a lot of 1980s footage. Do you mm-hmm. think this is her first time seeing all this stuff or or what? Because she looks like kind of mesmerized by the televisions more than walking by them i don't don't know what do you think here i'm actually curious if this is even a still of the movie this kind of looks more kind of like promotional material to me i don't think we'll see this in the film so this is just kind of letting you know like oh remember the 80s when you had these types of televisions and this is what you're seeing on the screen um i don't really know if there's a whole lot to infer from this to the plot you know you have like a still Mm -hmm. from the vacation movie over her right shoulder uh you just got like a random jet above her head maybe that's supposed to allude to like the invisible jet like this is the kind of like bullshit you see on youtube where people are trying to make like predictive videos on the next wonder woman movie and they draw like the red circle and the arrow pointing to the jet like invisible jet confirmed click to find yeah. out so um yeah i think this is just more for like getting you into the vibe of the 80s so i'm i'm, I'm gonna go the other way um and, and if this is a production still to me i think to me it would be interesting if she hasn't been out in the world since you know the war i guess where she just like has been searching for a way to get back to her island or maybe secluded herself. And this is like her first foray into technology um, because she doesn't seem like she's a technology kind of person uh, much. But uh, I don't know. Well, we're going to see if this plays out or not later on. But um, that's a good catch on the, the, the vacation scene and <laughs> all these other random – they got the, the scan, the pan and scan lines across all these TVs to really mm. make you feel the 80s. Yeah, it's a cool shot. Yeah. And lastly, a little bit on the character Cheetah will be apparently Diana's friend from the beginning of the movie, but then try to uh, usurp her role and powers uh, later on, um, probably while, while turning into a Cheetah person. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have I have no idea about the origins of Cheetah, so I'm curious to see how somebody in, in, in a realistic type of setting gets Cheetah powers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this mirrors one of one of the versions of the character in the comic books as well. So they're they're definitely pulling from comic books to to use that for her. So so that's cool. But I think the biggest thing here is probably all the Aquaman footage uh, we didn't see this week. Mike, but, <laughs> but the images. But we other got. other people saw it though, just not us. Yeah. So Cine Europe got the uh, some footage from Aquaman, probably the trailer. But we got confirmation the trailer is coming SDCC this year, Mike. So uh, uh, you need to go get my, mine. My prediction is officially false. I gave myself a two-week window to protect the Aquaman trailer. I'm actually surprised. Like I said, them waiting all the way to Comic-Con, which is towards the back half of July, to start promoting a movie that comes out at the end of the year. Like, you know, 
they're gonna probably gonna have a really big marketing push after that because they're gonna have to make up on some time there. But uh, I'm 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 ashamed I didn't get it right. But technically, technically. The trailer did come out, just not for us. So I feel like I was half right. No, I'm, I'm, not, give, I'm not giving you half credit at all. I well, half that's okay. It came out today, but since we can't watch it, I'm not going to say anything. But we did get some pretty kick-ass images in return. I'll yeah, give you that's that. True. So you want you want to talk about these images? Yeah, let's talk about uh, our first kind of official look at uh, not first, but our first official stills of Aquaman. Yeah. So this, I would say, this is the beginning of the marketing push. Wasn't this on like uh, was it Entertainment Weekly? Uh, it's mm-hmm. on the cover and a bunch of other stuff inside of it. Yeah, so. superhero movies will continually remind you that magazines exist. Yes, that's right, and you have to get them to get that cover. Um, but the first one we have here, it looks like Aquaman is with Mara on land looking at some old treasure map, uh, trying to find something. I think the thing here is Amber Heard's hair is ridiculously red, like <laughs> horribly fake red in this shot, and, and it sticks out like a sore thumb. But this could have just been them hanging out outside of a coffee shop, and I wouldn't have known because <laughs> that's Jason Momoa in real life. This is more of a yeah. documentary than a. It looks movie. like they're out on a journey. I feel like the best way to analyze these images is is their hair wet? You know, yeah. uh, her hair looks pretty dry, so it looks like they've been out of the ocean for a little bit. I bet it's very so hydrated. It looks look, yeah. how, look how nice it is for living <laughs> in the water. Yeah, they're trying to hunt down something, and they're wearing very they're wearing clothes that would not uh, be very practical underwater. So it looks like we're going to be seeing some dry land in this movie. Yeah, it kind of gives me like a Pirates of the Caribbean vibe to it. Like they're looking for some sort of hidden treasure. Uh, the next thing does reverse that though and gives us with wet hair, which I assume is underwater. Uh, Amber Heard is in her Mara outfit. I bet you're going to see cosplay like that all over San Diego this this year, Mike. Uh-huh. Uh, Jason Momoa, he's got what's that a jean vest on maybe uh, <laughs> uh, over his thing, but the back of. Um, Willem Dafoe's head uh, as the character Volko looks like he's rocking the man bun wholeheartedly underwater. Yeah, um, and we got James Wan composing his shot. Uh, he I didn't realize he was so small, but uh, n- definitely next to even a hunched over Jason Momoa, Jason is still taller than uh, than Wan. But this is kind of clever because we're it obviously looks like we're inside of a ship that's underwater here, uh-huh. and uh, it doesn't look like they're setting up any sort of bubble effects. I, I think we've confirmed that there's no bubble in this right. movie, so it looks like there's just going to be some post special effects on here. So yeah, I'm really curious how they're going to do the underwater scenes. Like I've never seen a movie like this before, where the characters just exist within water. The closest water thing world. is like. Uh, well, <laughs> the closest thing I can think of is like SpongeBob, to be honest. So it's like I'm really curious, just like how how do you even like walk across? Like even if you're just trying to like, if Willem Dafoe wants to walk from behind the table to in front of the table, how does he do that? Does he walk? Does he just like swim really quick? Like these are really interesting, creative things that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I we haven't seen anything ofi- like official. I want to see the. I need to see it in motion. I don't want to see a screenshot. I want to see it in motion. So I agree yes. with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that also. Like it is a sunken ship. There's treasure on the table. He's looking at a map. I hate the pose that James Wan is doing because like, I figured they, they told him, "Hey, go over here and pretend you're composing the shot. <laughs> look, look like a director." <laughs> yeah. Okay, he's doing the shot thing. All right, take the picture, move along. So, um, but yeah, they definitely all appear. This will be underwater because they all look like they're a little damp. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so we'll we'll take a look at that later. Uh, one of my favorite images actually is here. We get to see Jason Momoa in his uh, Atlantean battle armor. It looks like against his brother uh, King Orm, also known as Ocean Master, in his Atlantean armor. 
Um, it seems like there's some blue and some orange, you know, good versus bad, maybe. I, I don't know what's going on here. But uh, Patrick Wilson's hair, blonde, straight back. Looks like he's got a little fin in the back of his hair as well. Uh, what do you think of this shot, Mike? I, th- I just think this is cool. I, I want to see this this go down in the movie. Is this going to be the new hairstyle? We're going to evolve from the man bun down to the rudder. You yeah. just need something back there moving you through the streets and the sidewalk as you go to your hipster coffee shop. Um, yeah, but I, this seeing these just reinforces the idea of we got to see this in motion. I want to see what happens. Yeah, I agree. I, I want to see what's going on. What is happening here? Um, because I think the uh, – I'm going to skip down to and just here to the Kingdom of Seven. This is actually a still from the movie, Mike. Uh, taken from concept art here. People are riding war sharks and war seahorses. What this is going to be wild? Like, yeah, I like this is what this is what we wanted out of uh, Justice League. We never got to see any sharks. <laughs> yeah, uh, there, I mean, this is a still from the movie. They are doing the sharks. This is underwater. I want to see it in action so we can see what it looks like. But damn, does that look fun? Like, that looks good for a, an Aquaman movie who used to be the butt of all superhero jokes for mm-hmm. as long as we can remember. But one of the other first images I saw from this movie is the first look at, uh, I believe it's Black Manta here with his iconic helmet he's working on. Yeah, I'm so glad that we're kind of seeing this bugged out uh, helmet with the giant eyes. This almost looks like a proto version of the helmet. I feel like it might get more streamlined and like a more of an official version because it looks like it's on a workbench right now. So it seems like it's kind of being crafted. But yeah, Black Manta is such a visually striking villain that I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, apparently in this one he plays a um, pirate who has access to a lot of really high-tech underwater technology. So um, I don't know what his role in this will be, but I definitely want to see this suit light up. It looks like he's got some jumper cables on that thing in front of him. Uh, maybe crafting some underwater weaponry or something like that. I, I don't know, but uh, I, I don't. I gotta. See, I want to see it in action, Mike. Why can we not see this trailer? Why could you have not predicted one thing right this week? <laughs> Come on now. I know. I know, man. And lastly, Entertainment Weekly gives us uh, our first look at Nicole Kidman as Queen Atlanta, and I don't. I don't dig it. I'm not digging it at all. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It looks like she's in uh, pajamas or some sort of white cat suit. Um, maybe we'll see some more details on her costume. But, um, yeah, the women just seem to be in some sort of, like, uh, full-body leotard. I think they. I think these underwater citizens look cooler when they're, like, all uh, battled out in armor. So With their uh, seashell armor and, like, yeah, yeah other Put than some <laughs> water suit. Yeah. Put a seashell on it, and I'll like it better. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Couldn't she at least look like Ariel from The Little Mermaid? I mean, come on now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think something about her, maybe it's her face, the way they've, they've photoshopped her face a little bit. It just doesn't look right. Maybe it's that crown on her head. I don't know, man. Entertainment Weekly, they've got all the stuff for you here. So um, yeah, you can check out all those pictures in our video or in our show notes below. Uh, hopefully, we get to see something sooner than later. But Mike, if not, are you going to be waiting in Hall H to see that Aquaman trailer? Oh, man, I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to think about it, man. And that's not because a solid it, yes, but that's okay. Well, because either way, it's going to be a premiere trailer. I probably don't have to wait in line to see it. It's probably going to drop online as soon as it airs in Hall H. And then we're going to cover it on Sunday? Yeah, You that's know right. we are. You know yeah, we boy. are. Yeah, boy. We got it. All right. Last thing on the DC uh, front here is Swamp Thing, the TV show coming to the DC Universe, is scheduled to start filming this fall in North Carolina, which I think... I'm not used to things filming in North Carolina, but that's a really cool. Um, that's really cool that it'll be yeah. doing that. 
I think North Carolina is one of those lesser known states with the uh, tax incentives for production. Uh, so uh, maybe we'll start to see more things there. But I'm guessing they got a, an accessible swamp because you're going to need that for a swamp thing TV show. Yeah, once you get more west of the sea, away from the ocean, it gets more wooded in what I imagine swamp thing being. So mm-hmm. totally understand that. So that'll be probably not debuting this year. I'm guessing that's probably a, a year or two DC Universe um, exclusive to watch on there. So I think James Wan isn't of Aquaman is one of the producers on it as well. So. Um, maybe maybe we'll see some of that. The AT and T Time Warner merger we haven't covered this really at all here uh, has been approved by the government. But did you know Time Warner owns DC because they yeah. own Warner Brothers? Yeah, it's all a chain. <laughs> it's all tied together, and apparently, um, there with this merger, AT and T is supposed to be putting some new leadership at Warner Brothers in DC. Um, will they change out what has just happened? Probably not, but they'll probably use the people from AT&T for distribution on a lot of this and figure out what, how they're going to distribute all their new videos and products and stuff like that. Um, big marketing push. Um, so maybe see some, expect to see some more DC stuff uh, on the horizon on your, yeah. on your, so many, so many shakeups out there, man. You know what? I'm not looking forward to seeing because I, uh, you know, I hate these giant mega monopolies and all telecoms is uh, AT&T now that they own uh, Warner Brothers in DC, when this DC streaming service comes out, I bet you get to stream it for free with no data use on your AT&T phone, which is bullshit, and I hate that. So ugh, man, I do that so with annoying. my DirecTV now. So, but yeah, I, I don't so, watch it on my phone. I don't want. Stop watching shit on your phone, people. <laughs> watch it on TV or a bigger screen, please. There's a lot of annoyance built into that uh, into that story right there. Yeah. <laughs> so on that note, though, uh, with Walter Hamada taking over DC recently, apparently the rumor is he inherited a complete shit show from that place, <laughs> and uh, he has been working very hard to to streamline it and and make it better. Um, and um, I mean, one day, hopefully, we can sit down and go through all the announced or in project. DC things officially rather than reporting on stuff you know we hear in the news so um, I, I really just want to know what they're working on and what they're not working on because how many Joker movies they got in the works right now four <laughs> or five so, half a dozen yeah at least a whole trilogy of Joker movies that aren't related to each other um, anyway that leads us into probably the biggest shock of this week since that was approved Comcast has officially put in an all cash bid for 20th Century Fox at 65 billion dollars counter to Disney's bid, all stock bid of whatever was less. It was. I think less. it was like I think it was fifty seven billion. Fifty something, mid fifties. So nothing has been announced. There's a what a July vote. I think we talked about where they will determine which way they're going to go with this. Um, but most of the analysis are assuming now with this bid, Comcast only wants their Sky branch, which is the European uh, broadcast network. Disney doesn't. They want Sky, but that's not their thing. They want their TV and film studios to bolster their own streaming project. So analysts are assuming that these will be split between the two and it will be a much less cheaper bid for both of them. So Maybe. I mean, I guess maybe that's a good – even though I hate Comcast, maybe that's a good way to go about it where if, if, a, if a whole studio has to fall, instead of it all going to one studio, like kind of being split up and being shipped in pieces might be better for uh, – maybe better for industries overall. So uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, it sounds like uh, we might end up being safe 
whatever avenues might happen when it comes to our X-Men finally coming back to the MCU. Uh, that's what I'm really crossing my fingers for. And mm-hmm. I think that's what most people that listen to our show, that's what we're really focused on. But it's hard to find that news when you're talking about these really big billion dollar deals. No one's really digging into the X-Men. <laughs> that's what we really care about. So uh, we got to just grab the little tidbits of news when we get them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, we're definitely going to see what how this plays out. I think next week is when they're going to uh, respond to it. Disney is saying uh, has been reported to be working on their all cash offer, which we know they have. Um, mm-hmm. So they may up their bid and try to buy them all out uh, in in that. But um, we don't know. This is a, a wrench into what we thought was going to be an easy path. Um, but I, we're going to have to see how this plays out. I. Also, remember, I think Comcast owns Universal, which owns the distribution rights for Hulk, so I know they don't want to play with Marvel nicely. So if they go to Comcast, we may be screwed of ever seeing a crossover for a very long time. So uh, <sighs> that, that, would just, that would just double down on how much people hate Comcast already. <laughs> I would probably, even though we do this show, I would probably not go see any, any of those movies they put out that are uh, X-Men or Fantastic Four um, ever again. So uh, hopefully this works out for not just for us, but the show as well, Mike, so we can go review those movies. (laughs) Uh, Avengers Infinity War crossed $2 billion this week easily. And um, Zoe Saldana, actress who played Gamora, is the only actor to be in two of the four movies who have crossed the $2 billion mark, Mike. You know what other one she was in? Avatar, baby. Avatar, Um, which I think not only is that a testament to, you know, women actresses but i think that's a really cool thing to have under your belt um for for your yourself yeah she's uh in like a a similar financial club to like samuel l jackson because he's been in a ton of movies that have raked in a ton of cash so him and zoe saldana should like go get dinner together and just talk about like uh how much money did your movie make how much money did my movie make you weren't an avatar i was an avatar but yeah. you were in the movie i was in <laughs> yeah and they've all done other comic book movies. I think Zoe Saldana was in The Losers. Um, Samuel Jackson's been in Kingsman and other, you know, movies as such. Um, I think he was also in The Spirit, wasn't he? That was a comic book movie. So, mm-hmm. you ever you ever think about The Spirit? <laughs> just sitting there at night. Like, you know, no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> that's a that's a weird movie. That is a very very weird movie. Um, Avengers Four though did get some stuff screened at Cine Europe this week. Oh, leak it, somebody! <laughs> apparently, somebody leak that. Apparently, it was very quick. Most of it was Kevin Feige talking about, um, you know, uh, hey, we're sorry, we don't have any characters for you to sell products to this year because we killed them all, as like a <laughs> joke. So, um, but we did. Here last week we saw the picture, the concept art for Avengers Four. This week we have confirmation that Hulk has a new costume in the movie, which is in line with that image. So um, it, it might be armor, it might be a tactical suit, it may be anything. We don't know, but it looks like a very tight skin. T- maybe he's maybe he's got at Atlanta uh, from from Aquaman, <laughs> one of those people. He's got one of their Look- suits on. I look at it this way. The Hulk has to be wearing something in order for him to rip it off like a badass and show his, like, gigantic muscles. So they probably put him in a suit, and then, like, in the third act when he's ready to really throw down and punch Thanos in the face and get revenge from the beginning of Infinity War, he's got to rip that shirt open and scream, and we're all going to go, yeah, go punch him in the face. So, yeah, that's it's just a... It's yeah. just a uh, means to an end. So, so kind of like, <laughs> kind of like how the Rock does in his movies, like exactly. where the, the shirt's almost unbuttoning itself until he really mm. needs it to. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I would like to see with that is, you know, in Avengers Four, it's a a 
Banner Hulk hybrid. Like he's smart, but he's also like using some of his uh, strength. But then to fight Thanos, he has to go like completely all out to show that he is the strongest series because he got whooped last time. Uh-huh. Uh, I would love to see the the pure animalistic Rage Hulk come out at the end. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but one of the um, people who were setting up the panels for the Avengers and Marvel screening at Cine Europe did overhear the title for Avengers and is not revealing it to anybody yet. But it is titled Avengers. The first word starts with an F. The second word starts with an H. Wow. What do you think these F and H's stand for, Mike? Well, I mean, I've seen some, like, blurry images that could possibly be fake. Um, I have, like, so you have no idea. Like, people are getting really sophisticated on making things making things look like they've been taken, like, uh, in motion or, like, really blurry. So I've heard Fallen Heroes, Fallen Heroes. thrown around. Yeah, so the guy who, just to give it back, the guy who did this predicted literally every, or not predicted, but told every bit of footage and panel uh, things that were showing at this. So he obviously had access to all this stuff. So um, Fallen Heroes is one. Um, uh, um, I get uh, Finding Hawkeye is also a funnier <laughs> one I saw. Um, I think it was, uh, what was it? The, we, we were going to say Avengers Forever was my biggest prediction before. And that's what the um, Russo says is probably the closest. But what if it's Avengers uh, Forever Heroes or something like that? Um I don't really like any of these titles so far, but I mean, we were kind of told ahead of time, like, don't read too much into this title. It's not going to be, it's not like going to make or break of the movie. It's not going to be this big reveal. It's not going to be like Avengers, like Age of Ultron 2 or something like that. We're not going to get like the villain out of the subtitle. So, I mean, Fallen Heroes makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it makes sense why they would have to wait to reveal this title until the movie had has possibly maybe even left theaters because that the title might be a spoiler if you're just somebody that lives under a rock and hasn't gotten around to seeing the movie yet. So um, I was kind of hoping for something a little bit more like definitive, final, you know? Like I know this isn't the last Avengers movie, but it's yeah. the last movie of this huge mega franchise that they've been building up to. I know we're getting more after it, but this just feels like a really big chapter mark it feels like a really yeah. big big tent pole um like when you're looking at like a timeline of history like this is going to be a really big moment that's pulled out and really highlighted so i kind of thought maybe the subtitle might have a little bit more impact but fallen well, heroes fine whatever i just want to see more <laughs> i don't think it'll be fallen anything because i don't think that'll hold up uh in in the end if you just watch it by itself uh final hour was another one i heard um or, or, oh, that's kind of cool. Kind of puts like an immediacy to the to the like, plot. This is this is it. A uh, future heist was another one. I don't think that'll be it, but like oh, dealing no. with like time, dealing with time travel, as a lot of people keep predicting over and over again, um, something like that. But um, the have you heard? There's a. I mean, other than that, Mike, do you have anything else to add to the FH? Other than you know, um, we all know what happens, Chris, when I predict things. Yeah, you, you get it right every time. Um, but so there is a fan theory out there suggesting Doctor Strange used his time travel stone to warn Captain Marvel and Nick Fury about this future event. Have you heard this yet? Oh, no, I haven't heard that theory. So when Doctor Strange was going, he said he was going forward in time. When he find out what how to beat Thanos, he went backwards in time and gave the, um, told Captain Marvel, hey, we need a way to reach you in space on this the day of this event because... At the end, post-credit scene, Nick Fury didn't freak out. He knew exactly who to call 
when people were disappearing. Yeah, that's true. So if um, he would have been warned about, hey, when people start disappearing randomly, you need to call Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. And, you know, he, but he didn't tell him Nick Fury was going to disappear. So that's why he was a little pissed off at the end. Yeah. I mean, it does make a little sense just because... Um, uh, Stephen Strange, he seems to be very measured in Infinity War. He was kind of all over the place, all over the map, learning how to be a sorcerer in his movie, but he seems to be very respectful of magic and the stones in Infinity War, so that makes sense that if he went back in time, he wouldn't just maybe tell them everything. He would just tell them as much as they needed to know because he's like a prophet uh, foreseeing yeah. things. Um, but let's talk about time travel real quick a little bit because I did something this week that I've been holding off for a very, very long time. Oh my god, you time traveled? <laughs> yes, uh, a back a couple a, a, back a couple months through some blog posts. Uh, so when uh, oh right is Infinity- this is this the pictures you're showing now? Yeah. Okay. So let's in- talk about let's talk about this. I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah. So when Infinity War was not out yet, we had just seen trailers. We had started getting set photos from the next Avengers movies, Avengers Four, and I actively did my best to avoid them. Like and, and I didn't a- and I didn't bring yeah, them into didn't. the show because I knew Mike didn't want to see them. Yeah, because Chris is a nice guy and he doesn't want to spoil things. So I know that these photos exist, and I came across one or two of them like through like a random Instagram al- algorithm, but I did my best to avoid them. So now, finally, that Avengers Infinity War is done, I've watched it, I've taken it all in. I felt safe jumping into these photos the other day, and uh, it was it was it was fun because like it, I felt like I was getting like a treat of seeing uh, something I've been holding off on. It's like that marshmallow test you hear about kids. If you don't eat the marshmallow now, we'll give you two of them here in a little bit. So I felt like I was passing the marshmallow test for this so uh yeah i got i dived in i got to see see all my avengers buddy out on the streets with tracking dots all over their costumes some sort of weird stone on their hand that everyone's assuming is time travel because captain america he's in his old uh costume but then the tracking dots the tracking dots chris we talked about this earlier this week through text message this is the big linchpin for me this is what i'm trying to figure out because it dawned on me like why you put tracking dots usually on something that you're not going to see something that's going to get modified like like when bruce banner is running around he's in some sort of like polygon suit with dots all over it because they're going to turn him into the hulk later or you might have something like um hella where hella might have a couple tracking dots because they're going to add a couple like extra spikes to her costume and post but like you have these big giant orange dots all over captain america's suit and it's just like well why is that there it doesn't make any sense he doesn't have any extra add-ons to his suit this is an old suit so like it's, it, it's, gonna... it's the exact scenes from avengers one when they're in the battle of new york yeah, so they're yeah. going to be doing something to it. I don't know if like time is going to be fluctuating and his suit is going to be fading in and out from beginning to end. Uh, you had this kind of crazy theory that I thought was interesting. Like this could be a big red herring, where like these suits are going to be totally replaced, and maybe this was just for the photographers on set or yeah. something like that. So I mean, how much? Uh, how many characters in the in in the the Marvel movies are completely CGI now? I mean, Spider-Man, Black Panther, Thanos wasn't completely CGI'd, right? So mm-hmm. what if they just like, hey, we need to film these scenes, but we don't want to show what our new suits look like or it, like what it'll give away. Maybe he's wearing a Hydra suit. Maybe this is a, a future where Captain America joined the Hydra, you know, part of it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really a Hydra suit. Well, we'll just film him in the regular one and use our highly advanced CGI in the whole year and a half we have to do this to CGI over it with a new suit. 
That yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't even sound outlandish because Marvel's making shots for trailers. They're spending millions of dollars to make shots that you'll never see in the movie. So it's hard not to put it past them. And also, like nothing get nothing gets past Feige. He knows if he's about to do a shoot outside for one of the biggest movies of all time, like he knows people are going to show up with cameras. So I think he plans for this type of stuff. You know? Yeah, exactly. And and or. The other theory, I mean, a little little more basic would be if they are, in fact, time traveling or rea- – I think it's reality traveling. I think those might be um, – they're shrinking to the quantum realm and those things on their hands because Ant-Man has them might bring them back to the real world, um, popping in different universes. In that universe, uh, maybe he has taken over the other Captain America body – like you embody that person who you were, but like – you have like some sort of aura about you, like they like he needs to glow a little bit, or you know, doing something. I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of options in here. Yeah, well, this and getting even more granular. Something that I, I, I found like Ant Man is in these shots, and he's yeah. in the exact same suit. It seems to be from Ant Man and the Wasp. And usually when they're doing these movies, the costumes change at least ever so slightly between movies because you kind of want to refresh it, make them look a little different so you can kind of track the character uh, throughout the MCU. So if Ant-Man's in the exact same suit, it makes me think like the suits aren't really the focus and they're just going to get covered up. And I wanted to bring this up because, you know, I want to throw another prediction in the mix, Chris. I know I just said I don't predict anymore, but I'm bringing it back up. Because that was I a feel short-lived like the, retirement. Go on. I, I, I feel like the show was more fun if I always got something dangling out there just above my head. My big prediction is just I'm going full conspiracy theorist right now. I think this whole set photo, this whole shoot, I think it's all bullshit. I don't think... Any of this is going to be in the movie. I don't think there's going to be any like time travel gems on anybody's suits or anything. I think this is just one huge misdirect, and Kevin Feige and the Russo brothers are just like, let's just let's just mess with them. All these photographers are going to come out. They're all going to be sharing these photos all over the place. Let's just mess with these nerds. Like everybody's always on this campus, like this studio campus. Anyway, they're going to be like, hey, at twelve o'clock today, all of you meet outside. Just put whatever suit you want on it doesn't matter we're just gonna throw some orange dots on you like and to just kind of double down on my theory a little bit more we see some screenshots where they're just like all the actors are just like laughing with each other just like there's a shot where cap is literally reeling backwards like he's like dying from laughter and i think that's just chris evans just like just getting like really loving that they're just like messing with people so the odds that this is true I think it's very small, but I want to put it out there in the world that none of this is going to coalesce in the movie, and it's just messing with us. So that's my theory, Chris. <laughs> All right. His prediction is it's not going to show up. I'm going to go the other way because they have way too many people on set to do this. Uh, my favorite one, actually, that you, you didn't talk about just now is the, um, they've got Chris Hemsworth and his old Thor outfit with Loki with his little mouth guard on from the end of it. That's not, that's not Loki, though. That, that is, not that is Loki. That is not that is... Tom Hiddleston, though. <laughs> yeah. It's a stand-in. But Chris Hemsworth is looking way better than he did in the first Avengers movie. <laughs> so they're going to have to CGI him back into Avengers 1 uh, looking a little, little more baby-faced than, than he <laughs> But seeing him with that long blonde hair now is so weird. I like his haircut. Like, yeah. Seeing that, I'm like, oh, I like, I like the, the Ragnarok haircut. Um, uh, he's got to get the rudder now, man. The rudder. That's the only way he's got to stay, stay, uh, stay topical. That's right. But so there are a bunch of shots out there. There are things that you could play around with like the names and the photos but um i'm glad mike got to finally look at them and we got to talk about them as we 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 get closer to hopefully some sort of revealing event maybe like ant-man and the wasp that's right around the corner knock on wood 
Captain Marvel was also there. They did screen some of her stuff as well. Um, they are saying that Captain Marvel will be the forefront leader, biggest character in the MCU going forward into Phase Four, and um, I'm very excited to see that. I really want to see a heavy hitter hit the hit the universe. Someone with huge power, like we all these other people have. I guess Thor is the strongest, but I would love to see someone on Thor's level who isn't Thor also show up. Um, well, it, it's it sounds like maybe um, it sounds like maybe she's going to be picking up the mantle kind of of Captain America. Maybe he's going to be kind of exiting this franchise and we're going to need like a stand in somebody that's really going to rally all of our heroes. So I think it'd be cool if it was uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah, I just hope I mean, I just don't want her to be too powerful in the Captain America role. I like that he's like, yeah, I can beat people up you know, average people, but like the space people I had a little, I had a little, little hard time with. So, uh, if she can just come up and like push a planet out of the way with her power, I'm like, Oh, that's a little, that's a little much (laughs) as Mike said earlier. She's a little OP if you will. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, also for Captain Marvel, they've hired the, uh, the, um, composer with Pinar Toprak. Uh, she currently does music on Krypton and has done the music to Fortnite, which I'm very, very Uh. familiar with. Yes, the composer score news. That's like always like the little bit of news we get before we get anything out of the movie. But all right, there you go. Well, I also enjoy you know um, that she. It is a woman composing the music in this. Like they're very much leaning into like we want female people working on this this female led movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out what else. She's a Turkish American background. She's got a bunch of other movies in, that she's done, and I just. I haven't gone through a lot of them. I just knew that the new ones was Krypton, and she has done some video games. So. If I just take a peek here, uh, she did some additional music for Justice League. Does not say what she did though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Nothing else. All right. We've looked at get it, it, girl. We did it. Get it, girl. Wanna... Go out there and get it. <laughs> yep. Uh. And she worked under Hans Zimmer, so she she's got a little little credence in there. <laughs> I always remember from the uh, was it Mission Impossible Two soundtrack, and it was very oh Hispanic like Spanish guitar sounding. It was very interesting. Have you watched Cloak and Dagger yet? I have not got a chance to watch it yet, man. I haven't either. There are three episodes out. I keep losing track. Uh, but apparently it breaks the record on Freeform for the biggest series debut in years on Freeform uh, slash ABC Family. So yeah. I don't know if that's hard to do over at that little niche network or not, but, you know, that's that's good news for a Marvel show. Yeah, well, for any new show, I mean, to, to be the biggest on a network, like, you get to wear that label around for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I've heard, I've only heard good things, so I'm really excited to watch this. Uh, but apparently there are possible runaways crossover in the works, um, and looking for an SDCC announcement there since Marvel television will be there, just not Marvel studios. Oh, man, now I got to watch these shows. I mean, I, I don't, I don't hate that I have to watch a Marvel superhero show, but there's only so much time in the day. You the just, next news topic we're about to talk about is about to take up about 13 hours of my life. Well, you just got you just got to pick and choose. Uh, Runaways, I had a really good time watching Runaways, Mike. I I enjoyed it more than any other CW show I've ever seen. So you might have to start picking and choosing your CW shows you're watching. But we are in summer. Is there any other shows you're watching this summer that are on right now? I mean, Legion uh, Legion just wrapped up. Westworld is getting to the end. I know you're not I've watching had, it as much. I, I heard from somebody the other day who I wouldn't expect would really, really enjoy and dig into superhero shows say that, like, Preacher is really going unrecognized. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, if just a com like, I'm not trying to be like, like a, like a douchebag here, but like, if a commoner <laughs> is talking about Preacher and saying people need to watch it, I really need to watch it then. Have you watched the first season at all? 
Uh, I've just seen a couple episodes. Oh, I it was the good. First it season. was it was good. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It was awesome. But yeah, yeah. I, I I missed I missed a lot of two because um I didn't have AMC at that time. But now I have it. Season three starting back up this summer as well. So mm-hmm. um for a show to get three seasons these days, pretty rare. Uh, and also, in speaking of comic book movie or TV shows, Lucifer got picked up by Netflix. I don't have that in here, but season four of Lucifer will be going to Netflix, Mike. If for the people who love that show, I really liked <laughs> that, the that- first season of Lucifer. I. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so I, I I can see why people are excited for this. Um, but do you think Marvel shows need to do crossovers more like yes. CW yes. doing? Absolutely. They need okay. to do crossovers because that's the whole that's the whole appeal of these universes is that they get to interplay. That's the funnest part of comic books too. When you're just like reading a Spider-Man comic and then like Wolverine jumps into the frame and like slices a dude up and he says, hey, bub. Like that's the stuff that you love and look for. So I like how that, that's your always your example for <laughs> comic crossovers of Spider-Man and Wolverine. Like, they're, they're the best pairing ever. I do. I dare anyone to find a more um, charismatic and awesome duo than Spider-Man and Wolverine. You'll wait. I dare you. Is this one of those things where you find a better duo, I'll wait kind of thing? Like, yeah. yeah. I get it. Tweet at me. Convince me I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Change his mind, guys. Change his mind. Get him a better duo. Um, yeah, so that, I think I agree. I would like to see... Runaways is on Hulu, but I would like to mm-hmm. see how they make this work, uh, if they do at all. So. Well, yeah, I work. guess it's all... It's all kind of pseudo Disney since uh, Disney owns and check Hulu. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how that works out. Maybe maybe Hulu's just a distribution and not the production. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm I'm honestly almost over Netflix shows, Mike. I am not looking forward to Luke Cage at all at this point. I'm drained. I don't know about you, but like when you said 13 hours of my life, I'm like, oh <laughs> god damn it. Uh, so June 22nd this week, Friday, this coming Friday is Luke Cage season two on Netflix. Have you read any reviews? I ha- I don't know anything beyond just the trailers. Um, with Netflix in general, they hardly, I feel like, market any of their shows just because there's way too many to market. Uh, usually if I see like a rogue like tweet from Netflix, I might get some news. But I don't know anything about Luke Cage going into it. And I can kind of echo your sentiment a little bit. I think Marvel on Netflix is – I think it's running out of steam. Mm-hmm. I, still think th- I still think the train is beautiful – and it looks great, and I had a great time riding it. But yeah, I feel like we're just—I don't know if we're losing track. If we need more coal in the it, engine, it needs, or... sh- it needs a shakeup. It, it needs like I—I'm I, still burnt on Luke Cage last season, like the second half of it, like we talk about. It needs a shakeup, and it needs to be more—I don't know—different. This—it just feels like I'm going into Luke Cage again, like the same one, the same mm-hmm. thing again. And I'm really not thrilled on that aspect of repeating myself again. So. I don't. I don't know what it needs either. It needs something, man. I agree. Like, I mean, I love it. I'm. I'm. I'm there, but I'm just not excited for any of the upcoming shows out of the out of the TV world. Um, uh-huh. I don't think we're at oversaturation because they do pace them out really well. I just think quality is maybe not where it used to be. Yeah, I think it's because when you're looking at a, a television show like with the Defenders and with the first season of Luke Cage, or even if you maybe look at Daredevil, like we've spent so much time with Daredevil now, it's just like, well, we're not really going to be exploring new powers. The fighting style is going to be the same. It's just going to be like, well, what's the villain going to be this season? And, and if the villain's not up to par and not exciting, like, uh, yeah, it's really hard to. Like, well, um, the thing I like about Daredevil season three is everyone thinks Daredevil is dead and is meeting his mother, who he's never known for years. Great, Luke Cage is still in Harlem protecting it from the same people who, who lived it through the first season. 
So what what's what's the, what's the change here? What's what's the different um, direction for Luke Cage's life? In this well, hopefully, hopefully Bushmaster will really uh, will really invigorate us. But yeah, crossing my fingers, man, because uh, what Iron Fist is next after Luke Cage? And oh, man, I I can't dread anything more than that second season. I if if it's way different, if he's doing the Daredevil role. Um, I'm more excited for it, but we haven't seen anything. So we got to see if he's taking over that daredevil role of protecting the city uh, and doing that thing. E3 was this week, and we had a guy on the floor, Quentin Parker. Uh, but uh, even as much as, as Quentin was there, I still think the Sony Spider-Man footage was fantastic. Mike, did you watch it? Did you end up watching this? Yeah, it was like a little mini breakout scenario where his what was it like maybe sinister six? It's six. Sinister. We see five. We do not see the sixth person. Yeah, but the fifth person is like that new villain. Like, well, that, that's Mister Negative. He's he's not new. He's in the he's in the comics. Oh, uh, okay. He looked new. To, I haven't come across him before. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's kind of a little bit of reveal at the end of like there's some other villain that we don't know who's pulling the strings. Uh, so left on a cliffhanger there, but yeah, it looked fun. Uh, I want to play this game. It looks very, very. A, it looks beautiful. I love the costume design on some of the characters. We've talked about this. Um, uh, Scor- I think he's chasing Scorpion. Is that right? Through most of this one. Um, uh, no, no Electro. Um, Electro. Electro. It looks cool. Scorpion's in there. Rhino is in there. Mister Negative. I think that's four. Who was the fifth one we saw, Mike? Do you remember who that was? Um, uh, Mister Negative. Electro. A vulture. Yes, Vulture. Vulture? Yeah, yeah, Vulture. Yep. Uh, There are other characters. The Shocker is in there, but he's not part of this team and some other uh, villains throughout. So I'm really excited to get this game when it comes out this September. Um, It looks awesome. It looks fun. Um, Do you think this is going to be – is this the tipping point, Mike, for you to to do a console purchase? Yeah, I think this is going to finally get me back into uh, into video game consoles. Is going to be Spidey. Are you a big Spyro the Dragon fan? Uh, Yeah, I played Spyro back in the day, man. Well, the remaster comes out the same month. A Spider-Man, so you could actually oh. have some nice sit-down. I know you're not an online gamer, so it would be nice to sit down and have some local games for you to play. So I'm excited. Uh, Crash Bandicoot comes out for Xbox in two weeks, so right. I'm excited right. to use that stuff. I like what you're saying over there. I'm throwing down some, some facts, some factual knowledge for you. Star Trek Discovery, I've heard only amazing things about this show. People love this new Star Trek show, but apparently... Mm-hmm. For the second time, it has lost showrunners. It has fired current showrunners Aaron Haberts and Gretchen Berg for misconduct, uh, mostly oh. abusing the show's writing staff. Like, oh no, like verbally uh, abusing them and just making it like a place where like some people like they're going to quit or go to HR, and then they were they were removed from Star Trek Discovery. Yikes! Yeah, uh, they've already done five episodes. So Alex Kurtzman, who's the executive producer on Discovery, and he took over the Mummy reboot, which was not good at all. Um, we'll continue season two, starting with episode six, being the, sh- the showrunner. So um, he, uh, I, I don't know if he has any, has he done any of the new Star Trek movies? Was he part of that? Um, I'm not 100 percent sure. But the show's been great so far. I'm sure it won't change too much uh, if they've got the same writing staff. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, I am. Uh, it, it sounds like it could be even better because if they're not being mistreated and abused a, ha- a happier a happier uh, writing staff equals better better stuff so mm-hmm. um i yeah I, I mean maybe one day if i ever get into star trek i'll start watching this so uh, it exists in the original uh timeline of the original show so um i think that's interesting for people who like star trek are you familiar with the the, the book dr sleep 
at all. I have literally never heard of this. Okay, so the only reason I bring this up is Doctor Sleep is a novel um, written by Stephen King. It is actually the sequel to The Shining. Oh, okay. And this and this is kind of jogging my memory a little bit. So in this, um, Ewan McGregor uh, will be playing the adult version of Danny Torrance, who is the kid in the Shining movies slash book. So they are turning the sequel, which just came out in 2013, like a what, 40 years later after the original one, uh, into a movie. And Ewan McGregor will be playing that version of of uh, Danny, who has who has the power, the Shining, in it. So oh. Wow, all right, well, cool. I want to take this moment to talk about Ewan McGregor just for a minute. So um, Ewan McGregor has been, like, swirling around this possibility of, like, an Obi-Wan movie, right? We've talked about it on the show plenty of times, and we've kind of both agreed very kind of in a measured form that, yeah, I think it could be a good movie, correct me if I'm wrong, but, right? Yeah. Yeah, but apparently I think this idea has gotten extremely overblown on the Internet, and I'm starting to see, like, in threads and comment sections that, like fans are like dying for this to happen and they're going to like revolt if they don't get Ewan McGregor like as Obi-Wan and I feel like wouldn't it just get so blown out of proportion I thought it used to be like well if we have to have an Obi-Wan movie it should probably be Ewan McGregor but I'm just going to go ahead and start to say like I'm not demanding this Obi-Wan movie anymore it doesn't have to happen just like I don't need a Boba Fett movie so I think the internet just needs to chill down on the Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan-ness and just just relax. People are apparently starting to go crazy over this idea. Yeah. I, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I'm not going to lose any sleep. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in the new Star Wars trilogies they're working on. And honestly, just wrapping up Episode Nine in a way where people aren't like fucking like angry and mean about it. Because Star Wars fans, like uh, for, over Episode Eight, whether you like it or hate it, doesn't matter. Like you don't need to be mean to everybody. And you don't have to be like... I don't know, overly dramatic about your Star Wars movies. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I agree with you entirely, so. Yeah, go watch it for free on Netflix. I think uh, Star Wars 8 is dropping, like, maybe even next week, I think. So this, you'll be able to watch it for, for sure. Free. So, yeah. yeah. So I think I think that's cool. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to see Ewan McGregor return. I like him as an actor. I'm really, that's why I only brought it up because of Star Wars and because, um, I don't know if you're a big fan of The Shining or not, but, um. I've never seen it. Okay, well, it was a required... In every film class in college, the teacher made us watch it every semester, no matter which class we were taking. Like, even if it was, like, a break near, like, Halloween to watch it. Um, I really like uh, Stanley Kubrick. He's one of my favorite directors. He ins- His his movies inspire me to make better movies, uh, from my <laughs> personal point of view. So, um, I really like China. I'm really excited to see Dr. Sleep, but also Ewan McGregor. I mean, can you go wrong with him? He, he's a national treasure, so... Even if he's not from our our nation, he should be in the in the third National Treasure movie. What what what, what are they, <laughs> they going to do? Steal the Queen's jewels? Mm, sure, why not? Okay, all right. The, the Queen's jewels, you'll put it into a notch, and then it'll unlock some sort of I don't know treasure. Aliens. What if National <laughs> Treasure crossover with Tomb Raider? Whoa! I don't even know if it's the same studio, but that would. Oh, that would be great, and no one knew, because I think National Treasure 3 is enough to get people excited, so the first trailer comes out, and then all of a sudden you see, like, an arrow flying off screen, 
Nick Cage looks to his right, and then like the camera pans back, and it's like freaking Laura Croft. But it's not even the new Laura Croft. It's gonna be Angelina Jolie, or like Tomb Raider Get Up. And oh my god, it'd be it'd be crazy. No one would know what to do. And that the trailer would end on that shot too, with no extra explanation. I don't, I don't even think you do. I think you you set up the whole movie National Treasure Three. The villain is a businesswoman, museum antiquer, played by Angelina Jolie, only to be revealed to be Laura Croft if you watch the movie. Whoa. I'm liking this, man. Yeah, yeah. Man, God, we have such good ideas on the show. You got to move out here to Hollywood. We'll start a development deal. I think we, those are a dime a dozen out there, Mike. I don't, <laughs> I don't think, unless we get Adam Sandler involved somehow, we're never going to get these movies made. Ooh. So, Got to work in Hotel Transylvania Four somehow, yeah. or just maybe maybe take over his net. They made him to do Netflix movies. Maybe we just take over that deal. Like we'll do it for half the price. Just, <laughs> yeah, just half the us- price. None of the Sandler. Yeah, exactly. That, everyone wins. Everyone wins. <laughs> but that's our news this week, Mike. Uh, also, we did like I said a review of Incredibles Two. You can listen to that earlier. But people want to know what you're up to, how you been, where can people find you at, Mike? Well, they can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, what about you? People want to find you. Where can they find it? You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. You can also find me on Instagram. It's Valdan87. Uh, you can also head over to Comic UI. Uh, we got all our videos posted up this week uh, for all our C2E2. Just wrapped them all up, got them all out at once. So thank you, people, if you're listening here for partaking in that. And um doing your interviews if people want to know more about our show and where they can listen to that Incredibles 2 review where can they find us at Mike well as always please visit SuperheroSlate.com that's the best place to find all the avenues we host a show and to get our awesome show notes so if you want to check out all these images where we talked about uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman we got that all in our notes man you don't have to go hunt down that's the hardest thing to find is those uh is those photos like it's easy to find trailers but you know uh images a little harder so get that at superheroslate.com you can find us on apple Podcasts, youtube google play music soundcloud tune in stitcher you can like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram you can get merch at superheroslate.com slash store like t-shirts and hoodies and stuff and uh if you like the show we we'd love to hear from you we love getting uh reviews on itunes wherever you listen uh drop us four stars five stars three stars whatever stars you think we deserve but uh, just leave us a comment let us know how we're doing uh if you're a super fan of the show if you want to if you want to walk around with that uh tattoo on your uh forehead that if you know if you don't want to get the damaged tattoo and you want to get super fan uh all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will sign off on that contract for your tattoo artist i thought you were gonna say put it on your butt because that'd be i feel like I've, like the logo I feel like on the I've, butt. I feel like I've said that before. Like I, I'm always running out of ideas to be like, what do people want the status for? Maybe they can. Maybe next week I'll say if you want to get it embroidered across a jacket, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a yeah. buddy. If you just want to put it on your resume, if that if that helps Ooh. under on your resume getting a job, we'll help. We'll, yeah, we'll, under this under the special skills or or the yeah. notoriety awards affiliations. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, people know us somewhere eventually, probably. Anyway, Mike, all right, well, that's it for this week, and we will catch you guys next week. All right, adios. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. I want to chat. You want to chat? We're going to chat? All right, we'll do that.